Welcome back to the weekly inebriated scriptural exegesis and source study, or Wise Ass, a production of the Oklahoma Atheist Godcast, the most drunken Bible study in all of Oklahoma County, and possibly the only one that takes the Bible exactly as seriously as it deserves. This week on the show, we're doing the Book of Job, which is somewhat of a downer, but I hear it's packed with deep and profound moral truths. We'll see. I'll, I'll go ahead and get things rolling while we uh, wait for Paul. I'm okay. drinking, this is a repeat from back in Deuteronomy, I'm drinking Dark Truth, Dark Truth Stout, which is, I think, I mean, really, it's Job. I couldn't not drink the darkest beer I've ever seen. <laughs> because, you know, it's a dark book full of dark truths. And also, the 9.7 alcohol by volume doesn't hurt. Oh, man. When you're, when you're faced with tragedy, it doesn't help to... It does, it, it, wait, it does help. It, it doesn't hurt to up the alcohol content a bit, yeah. Uh, okay, hold on. Something interesting about me. Uh, I have a favorite agnostic rock singer and a favorite atheist rock singer. Which are who? The, uh, the agnostic is uh, David Bazan. He's ah. a, like a folk rock kind of. Oh yeah, uh, I know. I just got his new album. For real? Oh yeah, it no. <laughs> really came out a couple weeks ago. Okay, you're like one of the only people I know that's heard of him. That's pretty sweet. Oh, I saw him live um, last summer or last fall. For reals? Where? Oh yeah, I love him. Um, Burlington. I, I take it then that you've heard Cursor Branches and all those songs. Oh yeah, about yeah. Struggling yeah, with his album. faith and losing his faith. Yeah. I didn't know he identified as ag- agnostic. Um, pretty sure uh, he did that in, in some interview somewhere for some uh, outlet. Uh, possibly that's because he's just not willing to, you know, take the plunge yet. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, I thought it was funny when he um he sang some old Pedro the Lion songs. Oh yeah. You know, um, he modified the lyric. Oh, wait, you got to tell me like what, which one. I don't know the name of the song. I think it was on his last Pedro album. Um, but he changed it from And Why I Still Believe to And Why I Don't Believe. Whoa. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. So he did that live? That was like a live change? And... Yeah. That is oh, so it was cool. Joke, but it was, I felt bad because it, it didn't get any publicity and so no one was there. Oh, suck. Yeah, me and my brother went. I saw him live in Little Rock, Arkansas, and oddly enough, I was visiting my parents, and so I'm like 35, and I'm saying, Mom, Dad, can I please go to the concert? Wait, your parents live in Little Rock? Yeah, they do now. It's a really weird thing to be doing at 35. Like, please, I need to go out tonight. There's there's not a whole lot to do in Little Rock. Well, that night there was a lot to do in Little Rock. Wait, go get drunk, that's about it. I need barbecue. Well, there was that, and then there was the David Bazan concert, and there was a couple other things trending on Foursquare at the time. I don't remember what they were. No, his new albums. I haven't. I've only listened to it a couple times. There's. It's not. He doesn't continue the um, like religious stuff from Cursor Branches, but it's really no, I've I've heard it. It's more like general stuff. It's it's not. Oh yeah. Uh, it's not as focused on. Oh God, I'm losing my faith. Like yeah. the last album was. It'd be kind of weird if he was losing his faith for. <laughs> Yo, I'm just I'm glad to see that he's kind of past it now. He's yeah. adjusting to life without uh, God looking over his mm. shoulder. So that's nice. 
So what are you drinking, Abby? Um, I have a token amount of rum. I kind of, I was moving in the 90 degree heat and I kind of got sick, so I forgot oh. to drink, I forgot to buy beer. Oh, well, hydrate. <laughs> oh, I have. Okay, good, good. And something uh, related to you and music. Um, I saw David Bazan. <laughs> <laughs> you saw him. You saw him live recently. Yeah, it was a good show. Wait, which album? Which album was he touring? Though? Was he touring on the new album? Um, no, it was last fall. So he was doing Curse Your Branches. That was a good time to catch him. Yeah, but he still did a lot of the Pedro songs. That's pretty sweet. I, th- I think David Bazan can cover both of us tonight. Mm. That's cool. Like, like my very favorite former Christian, now agnostic rocker, who's very vocal about it. How many people even fit that category? Former Christian rockers, you know? Yeah. Small genre. I don't really know any. Yeah. He used to be, like, at Cornerstone and stuff. He used to be, like, big in the Christian rock scene. Well, they like, were... Pedro the Lion was, like, the big... The only Christian band that was cool to, like... Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like, seen okay. Pedro the Lion before, but not. Whatever, I used to listen to Skillet. The Newsboys? No. <laughs> the Newsboys were never cool. They had some fun songs, though. I mean, they're just like a fun group. Back when Damon was a Christian, he used to give me that propaganda Pedro the Lion and Skillet. Yeah, I hope you forgive me for that someday. <laughs> not tonight. <laughs> Back alive. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta cut, cut me some slack. I was in my twenties. I didn't know any better. Okay. Oh wait, who was the atheist rocker that you liked? Oh, Greg Graffin. Ah, uh, never heard of him. What? Bad religion? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I, yeah, I heard of them before. Have you I heard bought of his book yet? I, I was, I've been meaning to buy that. The new one? Yeah. Because I've got his old book, the one he did with that uh, professor. What's the new book? It's called Anarchy yeah, Evolution. I Anarchy Evolution. That's the new book. Yeah, okay. I, knew, I knew it had evolution in the title. I was into bad religion in high school. Well, they're still <laughs> they, rocking, baby. Yeah, they have since improved. <laughs> really? Since, yeah, since, they actually seem now. Since you Wait, were in you, high don't, school. you don't you don't know when I was in high school? I know. I, I can tell you they've they've gotten consistently better since the mid nineties. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I had. Well, there's a time when Greg Raffin was the only guy, only songwriter. He's the only songwriter. Yeah, he was the only songwriter. Sorry, and they got uh, Gurowitz back. Yeah. He was the because he, he was on drugs, but when he got back, it was he got clean, considerably got, better. He yeah. got back and clean. Maybe I'll check him out. Every time we got an album, it seemed to have lost it. They got like fantastically angry in the Bush era, and that really pumped out some good albums. Like, thank God for George W. Bush because <laughs> he made really some punk bands so angry. <laughs> so that's always cool to see. Uh, good times. Punk rockers like, having a, a man they can really rail against in power. Chess, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking Jim Beam again because I don't have any beer. Sweet. Well, go easy and hydrate. <laughs> that's what that's what the dash of water is for. All right. You could always you could always have it shaken, not stirred, so as to break more ice in it. <laughs> do I? So I didn't hear the first part. Do I do something about me and music? Yep. I was a tromboner. Yes. I <gasps> my so was I. Oh, oh my god, we all I have was... so much in common, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I hated it and sucked at it, so... Yeah, me too. You're supposed to blow at it, in it. <laughs> <laughs> Not at it. 
general vicinity. <laughs> You're supposed to blow into it, not suck at it. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not really good at that sort of thing, but I, I, I know the general idea. <laughs> All right, Jason, what, what are you drinking, man? Continuing apparently the liquor night theme, I'm drinking a <laughs> screwdriver made with 360 vodka, which is oh. quadruple distilled. Oh. And quintuple filter. Is it a coincidence we all hit the hard liquor for Job? <laughs> yeah, does yeah, ten point does ten point beer count as hard liquor? That's how the yeah. book is. I gotta get wasted quick. We didn't coordinate this. Nope, uh, not at all. I had beer, but it was I, it was Keystone Light left from last week. It's when you're when you're trying to drown from legendary epic sorrows, mythical sorrows, you really have to go the extra mile. Well, I'm drinking uh, the milk stout from the Left Hand Brewery, and it's pretty good. A little different than my normal. No, not really. Well, it's sweet. And what do you play for your crappy punk band? Um, Guitar. Okay, of course, guitar. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually, I was going to say for my interesting thing, I have never played, I've played a lot of instruments, but never a wind instrument. Ah, you never blew it, music. I never did. Yeah, whenever I first met you, I'm like, man, that's a hot wife. He must play guitar or something. (laughs) So, there it is. Once again, my snap judgments are proved correct. To be fair, I started out playing piano. Oh. I I still do whenever I have a piano available, which I don't. But hopefully one day I'll remedy that again. (laughs) Okay, so I think, Jason, you didn't tell us anything about you and music. Oh, um, I hung out with George Frob last summer in Orlando. That kind of counts. He's just as funny in real life. Oh, you know what? I should mention this, actually, on the record. Uh, I'm trying to promote the hashtag for whenever you feel the need to tweet about your Bible reading. Oh, I've been using KJV 400. Oh, Why 400? That's what people have been using. Really? There's other people using it? Yeah, not too many. I it, I saw someone using it, so I started using it. But. Oh, I, I don't normally read these till like, today. <laughs> you read all of Job today? There's only 26... I only had to read 26 chapters. That's right. Only That's right. 26 chapters. I, I do have yeah. work. I have, it's I only 47 long. chapters long. A lot Hard of those chapters essay. at the ends were pretty short. Yeah, I, were. Well, I kind of skipped, like, the first three or whatever, because I know what happens there. Well, honestly, you don't have to read much further than the, the first few verses in each chapter because he just starts repeating himself. And yeah, it's kind of repetitive. Yeah, it's either people lecturing him or Joe bitching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so Abby, on the KJV four hundred tag, are there lots, just basically lots of Christians reading through the the Bible, or what? What's the uh, what's it look like in there? Oh, there's um, you. There's you. Were you following me on Twitter? Yeah, but I. We all are. But sure. the last time you tweeted was 5 June. That was three days ago. I don't know how I missed this. Uh, Job is difficult but rewarding. The friend's speeches are infuriating, but now... Yep, that's true. Okay. Uh, I'm going to click to... Uh, you guys about ready to get into the, the Bible? All right. So, let, yeah. who, who wants to do the overview of the beginning of the book of Job? Do so, and I'll stand up at the same time. Mm. <laughs> I haven't drank enough okay. yet. <laughs> well, should we talk about the general structure? Yeah, just the like, like what's going, what's going on in this book? There's, there's God. He's in heaven. 
And every now and then he holds a staff meeting. <laughs> right? Talking about their sales goals. <laughs> that apparently includes Satan. Oddly enough, yeah. Like They compare numbers. <laughs> I want to know who else is yeah. in the council. Yeah, I had that question. Gandalf. Or the member, the court of heaven. Michael, uh, Gabriel, um, Metatron, right? Metatron. <laughs> Come on, somebody give me the Philip Pullman reference. Doesn't he ever invite, like, other heads of pantheons over? Are they fall there? <laughs> and Zeus. Like, Zeus come over as a special guest? <laughs> Tonight is our guest speaker. We're going to have the head of the Greek pantheon telling us about how how you can get women pregnant in very strange ways. <laughs> Which is kind of I think God would appreciate that. <laughs> and he was very uncreative in his um, virgin impregnating. But we'll get to that in the New Testament. i got to save my dirty New Testament jokes for much later. <laughs> All this says is the sons of God, of course, and Satan. Right, who apparently is part of the council. He's like, hey, I've been roaming the earth, you know, going back and forth. And that sets up this... Well, this is where God sets Job up, right there. He says, have you considered my servant Job? You know? Satan didn't bring up Job. Satan, you know, presumably had his own agenda. Yeah, they're continuing a conversation, really. They've they've already started talking. They haven't really... Why is he bringing him up? Just Yeah, it's it's like he knows he's going to prove a point with them, so he's like... It's like they've been they having this discussion for a while. On. Yeah. Really? Hmm. Yeah, well, it's I like, I, that's, my, that's what I'm feeling like. And he's like, well, okay, but how about Job? Job's totally cool. He's not going to ever rebuke me. So you think what's usually happening is, is Satan's like, he's always coming before God and mocking his servants or something? Yeah, so well, from that's the what books, it seems like to me. From the books prior to this, he definitely had a lot of them to mock him about. <laughs> Now, at this point, I should, since you brought up the word prior, Abby, I assume you've done the research on the chronology here. Isn't this one of the, like, very oldest stories in the entire I thought that, I thought Um, the middle part. Yeah, the middle part. Yeah, the the chapters that hug it. Yeah, the middle poetry um, is old. Actually, I've heard reference, it might be an Edomite folktale. Yeah. But the, the opening two chapters in the epilogue are later. They're kind of like, because yeah. I don't. Yeah, there's I like, think there's like narrative bookends to yeah. this this yeah. structure, which is just people accusing Job, and then he talks back, and then they talk, and then he talks. Yeah. And I hear there's a few layers of literature in there um, added on, but we'll get to that in the second half. Is this the first time Satan's mentioned by name in the Old Testament? Well, wasn't he mentioned in um, Ezra or Chronicles? Yeah, if I remember correctly, it was Chronicles twenty-one one. Good. <laughs> yeah, it was. Jesus Christ. I yeah, I totally googled that. Oh. <laughs> I, I love that you just you just gave me credit. You're pretty sweet. Well, I'm thinking that this might be where the idea of Satan as a as his own character, like the inception of it. Yeah. Because that's what I'd imagine. Because if this, I mean, we don't know how exactly how old the prologue is, mm-hmm. but it might have come after. Chronicles or before, so I see it as like the Satan character taking form. Like people wrote it about 
like an adversary, adversary, because that's what Satan means. Right. So why don't they? Why don't they translate it? Doesn't that speak to a certain theological bias? They don't translate the word. Yeah, I don't know. Like, because I mean, if you're going to do like a Young's literal style translation, you you would just say adversary came with them or the adversary came with them yeah other places earlier in like kings and stuff they use the adversary it's weird that in chronicles they choose to start translating it as satan actually come to think of it i've got to give young credit he does translate it as the adversary answereth jehovah like he doesn't Mm. he doesn't leave it as satan oh really he doesn't transliterate he translates which to me is is proper uh, in a way you're being consistent Mm -hmm. You're not putting your theological spin on it. Once you turn it from a, a descriptor into a title, you've put a spin on it. you said this is a certain character. Yeah. It's really complicated, though, because I realized um, when I was working on something that Adam is the same as um, the word for man. Right. And sometimes in the text, Adam is called the Adam, but they still translate it as Adam instead of man. And I don't really know how you tell which is which. Yeah, I've got to go blue letter on this for a second because I'm pretty sure that the word Satan shows up loads of times in the Torah. It's just not. It's like I think the first time it shows up is Leviticus 18. Yeah, it definitely appears and it just means like enemy. Yeah. So, so to be perfectly clear, it's not that it didn't show up before. No. Yeah. Uh, it's just, just, just the first time. It's the first time. It's the first time we we failed to translate it. Well, since, okay, since that one reference in the Chronicles, and then in Job, they failed to translate it again, and so it shows up again as just plain transliterated Satan as a character name. And, like, I don't know how they make that decision. Probably has to do with tradition, like, Satan's regarded as a character. But I think the Chronicles one is anomalous. I don't... Yeah, besides um, two references in Zechariah and one in a psalm, it's not... That's the only place where Satan is used, other than Job... When it's translated as Satan. Okay, so just just to be clear, uh, the the Hebrew word, I'm surprised Paul hasn't done this already. The Hebrew <laughs> word is pronounced Satan. Uh, hold on, let me run the pronunciation key here. Strong's H seventy eight fifty four, Satan. Okay, so it's pronounced Satan, and the first instance of it in the Bible is in Numbers twenty two, uh, and there it's just it just means adversary. And then again in First Samuel 29, it means adversary. <laughs> and in Second Samuel 19, it means adversary. And in First Kings, several times it means adversary. And then the first time we see it used as a title is in First Chronicles 21.1. So, um, all that background out of the way, now he's a character in the book of Job. And not just a character, but the kind of character that shows up at heavenly staff meetings. Because why wouldn't God want to have the devil's advocate, as it were, as part of his staff meetings? Yeah, he loves people arguing against him. Mm. He's like Christian apologists. He lives to argue with skeptics. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Satan shows up. Yes. And God's like, you know what? I've got a guy down there, and he really knows his shit. He is so righteous. He is one righteous dude. Top notch. Uh, And Satan basically says, well, the reason why he's so righteous is obviously because you've lost him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. so let's, to be fair, he is pretty well, pretty well off. He was. He was. So I, was I was a little skeptical. I, I think he had the same amount of. Uh, what did it say? He had five, seven sons and five daughters, and then five thousand sheep and seven thousand. I don't remember what they were, and I don't have it sitting in front of me right now. But I noticed that there was a five and a seven, and 
They kind uh-huh. of made up real nice. Yeah. It helps to have seven sons because I can feast every night, one in each house. It's perfect. <laughs> well, that's a good idea. You could actually name your sons that way, Tuesday, Wednesday, that sort of thing. <laughs> I suddenly feel the need to procreate. Okay, anyways. Oh, whoa. <laughs> we'll, give, we'll give you some sticks. I, I, know, I know what that feels like. I've been... <laughs> Well, no, just so I can have seven sons to eat dinner at seven nights a week. Then I won't have to cook. I like this plan. Anyways, <laughs> continuing. So God basically either gives permission to Satan or induces it, some, himself. Uh, yeah. Is it clear, like, who does the... Who afflicts Job directly? Is it God? It's kind of me. I, I think the apologist would say that he lets Satan do it. Uh, because of that first, he's like, well, it's all within your power, go do it. Uh, <laughs> however, I think the way that Satan into doing it, Oh, though, yeah. I was going to say, and, and not only that, but in the actual narrative itself, it's kind of difficult to, like in all the speeches and all of the, you know, it's a, it's attributed to God. Some, like, you know, he can give it and he can take it away, and, you know, all those sorts of things. So, I don't know. I guess right. Job never says, "Oh, why has Satan smitten me thus?" Exactly. He always sees that the responsibility goes ultimately back to whoever loosed Satan upon him, mm-hmm. or tragedy well, think, upon him. I think this speaks to the difference between the um, poetry section and the prologue because I don't think they really match. I don't think they match like, at all. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's get through the prologue first, and then we'll we'll get to the break. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Okay, so what happens is is God says, hey, have you thought about Job? And Satan's like, yeah, what if I go, like, smite him? And God's like, okay, go smite him. Go for it. <laughs> like, the basic bet is that if if Job is less fortunate, he will curse God. Right. Right. That it, that you, you're correct to make it sound like a wager, because it really does sound like a wager. Like, like it, it's not clear, like, what God gets if he wins, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's like what came first, Job's piety or piety, or um, his good fortune? Like, are do they go hand in hand? Right. Which is the central question of the book? You know, why? Why do? Why do those who are righteous? Uh, why? Why are the righteous not blessed? Uh, consistently, yeah. why do the righteous suffer? Well, that's why I think apparently because God's a petty dick. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Well, that, that's the question of the poetry section, but in the prologue, it seems pretty clear that Job is um, blessed. Job is wealthy because he's a good person mm. and because God favors him. I think it kind of simplifies the poetry section. Definitely, yeah. The poetry section is much more complicated. Wait, does the poetry section begin in Job 3? Is that right? Yeah. All right, so how much setup do we need before we get to Job 3? There's... um. We, we we gotta talk a little bit about these horrible events that befall Job. Yeah, uh, they come in four waves. Yes, right. rest. And okay, so the first, yeah, just go. Whoever, somebody go. <laughs> uh, we'll go from uh, we'll go from left to right. Uh, first wave, Abby. Um, I'm on the. You're in verse 14 of chapter one. You are. So a messenger comes running and says, "Your oxen." The, the Sabians, who are, I don't know who the Sabians are, but they kill all the oxen and all the herdsmen. And this messenger is the only one to survive. Sucks. No more oxen. Go tell everyone what you've seen. Yeah. All right, Chaz, you're verse 16. 
Yep, and uh, just so luckily, another messenger came, and he is the only one to survive a bunch of sheep being burned. <laughs> oh, God. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and has burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Right on. Good King James usage there. Uh, okay, who's next on my screen? Jason. Verse 17. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and slayed all the servants except for one. And I am the only one who has escaped to tell you. <laughs> Becoming these, a bit of a refrain here. Samson. Well, these servants were in on it. <laughs> Samson. The Philistines, the Philistines are upon are you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all these servants were in on the conspiracy. You get the sense that Job's starting to starting to sense a pattern at this point. Shit. Shit. And then another servant runs in and he's like, "Oh great, let me guess, you're the only one who's escaped to tell me." <laughs> and what does he say? Well, your sons and daughters were eating at their eldest brother's house, and behold, there came a great wind in the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I'm the only one who has escaped to tell you. <laughs> the only the one. The daughters lived. He was, he was on a smoke break outside. The daughters weren't important. Uh, they were. They're dead too. They're all dead. Everybody's dead. All the sons the and daughters are dead. So, Except the, the house fell and like just killed the men, and the women just walked off. And Benny's yeah, like, "Well, I don't really care about yeah, these." Back. No, no, every everybody died. <laughs> Except for the servant. Except he was wife. he was smoking a cigarette. He was standing outside. <laughs> he was on a smoke break. <clears throat> so I like that. That's great. Okay, now I can see it in my head now. I can see that now. <laughs> he said the whole house falls down. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Somebody get me a camel. I'm so out of here. There aren't any camels. The Chaldeans took all of them. That's true. Oh, yeah. Camels are all gone. We have two none. attacks from foreigners. Servants. Right? There's there's two attacks from foreigners that involve... Chaldeans and the... The Sabians and the Chaldeans. Well, Chaldeans. Right. Oh. And the Sabians are from Sabia. There are nomads from Arabia. I just noticed the footnotes. Could have used that before. I, I just right. wanted to notice that like there's there's four different attacks, but it mm-hmm. gets kind of George Lucas on us because like he can't think of the whoever's writing this like he, the fire of God. Then there's the wind of God. You know the mighty wind. That was hilarious. Which yeah, which is one of my favorites. But he couldn't think of like another elemental thing like the flood of God. So he just like brought in. Again, like, well, Sabian, Chaldean, it kind of rhymes. We'll just bring another tribe and have them attack the livestock again, just like we did before. So it's sort of like, you know, the endings of, of Star Wars Episodes 4 and 6, like, basically the same ending. The point is that it's sort of uncreative. I was kind of hoping for, like, something else. But, okay, so it's fire, wind, and and foreigners, you know. Some bad you guys. know what should have happened? The Earth should have swallowed them. The yes, mother Earth. yes. A quick flood. Yeah, I'm already than the... Yeah, we could write, let's rewrite this and make it a little cleverer. <laughs> we could use the four Aristotelian elements. Earth, air, fire, and water. You have to slag off the Babylonians. I mean, shit. When, <laughs> yeah, when did they ever attack anybody? <laughs> anyway. Okay, so at, All right. at the end of this, what does Job do? He Rents fails to curse God. He, he very distinctly fails to curse God. Quite the opposite. He praises God, kind of. He does. No, he straight up praises God. Bless the name of the Lord. And he, he also gives himself a haircut like mine. And he rents his mantle. Yes, which I don't do. I, I shave my head once a week. I never rent my mantle. 
So I guess I could be more Job-like if I really worked at it. Mm. You're more practical. I'm wearing so a Bad then, Religion t-shirt. I'm not about to rent it. <laughs> rent. Rent. Sorry. So, and then, uh, in Chapter 2, he goes on to get the sores, right? Oh, yeah. So that's when, that's when Satan says, well, I mean, come on. You just took away all his loved ones and possessions. You didn't... Well, wait. It didn't take away his wife. Well, there's a good reason for that. There's a good reason yeah. for that. We'll get to that. You just took away his toys. Yeah, he took away all the kids and all his wealth. As we'll see, his wife is the worst comforter of all. But let's see what happens if we take his health, too. Yes, let, let us take his health. Um, well, it's weird how it repeats. Like, Satan's walking around the earth again, and then Lord's yeah. like, have you considered my servant Job? As if yes. the first conversation. Yes, it's very George Lucas. He just keeps redoing the same thing. <laughs> you hear me, George? I know you listen to the show. <laughs> Alright, continuing. Okay, so skin for skin, says Satan. Uh, but Abby brought that up prematurely. Oh, yeah. Is it, is it about the same as eye for an eye? I mean... Yeah, I don't know what it means. That it means? Some kind of idiom. Yeah, it's it's just saying, basically, you value your flesh and your health over everything else, right? Mm. For me, you know. So let's take that away from you. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything, and... So what I what I like is that Satan doesn't do anything to Job that God hasn't done to his followers in the past. You know, yeah, God, Satan God's given people to be a bad guy. He, yeah. He's attacked people with foreigners before. We've seen that a lot in the Torah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about the winds thing, the mighty wind. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that was the first one I I remember, but I don't know. Good movie, by the way. I recommend a mighty wind. Yeah, I've seen that. Good stuff. Uh, okay, so now he's he's covered in sores, and it's terrible. He's, he's... I love the the detail that he takes a piece of broken pot to scratch yeah, sores. Yeah. Which is exactly what I do when I, you know. <laughs> I do get all pot shirt. When I get down, and I'm covered in sores. <laughs> I go for the pot shirts. I have sandpaper. <laughs> that works, too. That works. <laughs> that works. And then here in, in Job 2.9, Job chapter 2, verse 9, we find out why Satan spared the wife. Because Job's wife goes up to him and says, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. <laughs> Possibly the least encouraging bit of wifely wisdom I've ever heard. Well, she's, she's dealing with her own difficulties, you know. We right. forget about this pawn. Yeah, it turns out those were herpes sores, and she has them too. Yeah, what does she think about all that? She lost everything too. That's yeah. true, that's true. Her story goes on... And now she wants she wants to lose Job as well. <laughs> like, Does she mean God will kill him after he curses him, or or go commit suicide? Yeah, just curse God. Rid us of your wanting. <laughs> what I what I think was really interesting about this passage, the curse God and die is quite amusing, was what he followed up with, which is. Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? I thought that was kind of a strange statement. I thought you were going to say, Thou speakest as one of the foolish <laughs> women speaketh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'm trying like to... Like all women. Crazy. I'm, I'm avoiding the, the sexist comments. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this would be very good for a... Um, a uh, pastor putting together 
his uh, weekly sermon. How's that? Remember, whenever you have the good and whenever you have the bad, do not do not reject the Lord. The good will come with the bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stick it's around. All... Next week, we'll have a good day. It's all part of God's beautiful <laughs> puzzle. When, when I do eventually get a tattoo in Hebrew, which I intend to, it's going to say, curse God and die. Um, <laughs> that's funny because I, I think I have a um, Hebrew tattoo idea um, from Job. Oh really? We you got to file that away for when we get there. So we've got to, yeah, because mine's going to be in Barak Elohim Muth. Okay, can I just say that the that this this is actually fairly interesting and only slightly off topic, but the word curse, uh, Barak, also means bless uh-huh. and also is yeah. our president's first name. <laughs> and that's cool. Blessing and a curse. Yeah, because it also means Barak, and it means the same thing in Arabic, so that's kind of cool. And isn't one of the things you say um, to the alien and days Earth and still? So Barak yeah. is kind of like the word of the of Job, honestly. It's all about cursings and blessings, isn't it? This whole yeah. this whole book is about the Barak. Anyway, that's just interesting that Barak means curse and bless and American president right now. <laughs> Who is a blessing or a curse, depending on where you sit in the aisle. You know? <laughs> or both. Yeah. That's true. There are some anti-war gays who think he's both a blessing and a curse. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Kind of a curse on both, but no. No, no, he's moving on the gay thing. Very yeah, slowly, yeah. he's moving on it. Remember, the last uh, Democratic president passed the Defense of Marriage Act. Yeah. Passed it. Not to mention, don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. Alright, so we're to the poetry. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I get that far off topic, Paul's like, alright. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the Oklahoma Atheist Godcast is produced by the Oklahoma Atheists. The mission of the Oklahoma Atheists is to develop a community of individuals and families who value and promote critical thinking, free thought, reason, and a scientific worldview, and who seek to have a positive effect on the community at large through fellowship, rational discussion, community service, and education. For more information, please visit our website at www.oklahomaatheist.com.